When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to uh, another episode of Ringside Frackers. My name is Lewis. Welcome to the second ever episode. Um, I'm joined by our usual cast of Seb, Samson, Jide and Leroy. How are you doing, chaps? What's good, what's good? Good, man. Sweet. And we also have an extremely special guest with us today. We've got Ahara Davis. How you doing, man? Straight out of Dubai. Listen, man, I'm still in Dubai. <laughs> Listen, you're enjoying life, man. I've been looking at your Instagram and I've been I've been jealous because I'm supposed to be out there with you lot. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm actually gonna come back a bit earlier because what I've seen is that this lifestyle, like, I can't I can't handle it. Like, even though like the sun's out and the weather's good, it's a bit too many distractions here. And I said to myself, you know what, I'm gonna come out here, I'm gonna train every day, I'm gonna run on the beach, but I literally haven't run once. And every day, I'm every night, I'm out and about. I'm getting in at four, five a.m. and like, no, I can't handle it. So what was your initial purpose for going out to Dubai anyway? Just for a break, or was it like uh, to train? I wanted to look at. I wanted to look at property out here. Okay. I wanted to look at. I want to look. I wanted to look at property out here. Um, and also, I need. I need to look a little break as well. Come on, I'm the Golden Contract Champion. I won a big fight, and I haven't. I haven't travelled since. So I said, you know what. I deserve a little break, but also it was a bit of business too. So I've done all my property viewings and um, I had a little break. But to be honest, I thought I needed about two weeks here. But to be honest, all I really needed was about four days, three mm. or four days. Because this this hectic lifestyle. Dubai is very hectic, isn't it? So much yeah. to do, too much distractions. Too many babes, man. <laughs> too many tricks. <laughs> You say you're looking at a property out there, but would you stay there or because if you're talking about the distractions? That's another thing. Like initially when I came out here, I said, you know what? I wanted to look at investment purposes. But when I come out here and I see how they live, how safe it is out here, like it's a lot safer here than it is back home. Like mm. back in England. If you if you if you go home and, and like you leave your and like and like you leave your like your car key in your car, your car's gone. In in like in in a couple of hours, the car will be gone. But here, it's literally so safe. People leave their house and they leave their doors open. People leave their cars and they leave their key in the car, ignition on. People leave their purses and their wallets out and about on the tables. Nothing gets robbed here. No one's house gets robbed. Like it's so safe, and that safety is what I love. Like back home, you see people getting stabbed, people getting shot, people people getting killed, murder in Dubai. There ain't any of that stuff. So. That's because death because penalty if you if you steal a pack of chewing gum out there, man. But if you play games, bro, that lashes. Exactly. I was gonna say I've heard the prisons there are not saying that anyone was enjoy ever. So because of that alone, because of the safety alone, I'm like I could see myself living here. So I want to stay here a couple of months every every year. Um, okay. So I want to get get my first property out here, and I'm would, staying there. Would it be a place though that you think you you would like? You you talk about staying there for a few months a year. Would that be pre-fight or post-fight? Uh, a bit of both for mm. pre-fight. I, I can I can do some runs in the sun. I can train in the sun, train in the heat. Help me keep help me keep the weight down. Um, and then when camp gets really close, then I'll go back to England and I'll train out there. But I think a bit of pre and post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, well, let's let's start with um because you mentioned your your golden contract win, and that was like you know that was a, a fight that everyone was looking forward to. Um, everyone, I think it was it was quite a close fight on the night. Um, what did you think of your performance overall, and um, like how did it feel to actually you know get that golden contract win? Because that that was a massive milestone for you. I don't think it was a close fight. Everyone seems to think it was a close fight. Like the first judge has it down as a draw. Like mm. me being in there, I thought I was winning almost every round. I would. Mm. Given two rounds, three at most, but it was a 10 round fight. He probably won three. I won at least seven of them. Um, I fought the whole fight in gear one. I could have taken up another two or three gears. That's why the fight it was it was a it was a really boring fight. And everyone expected me to go in there and to knock him out. But I just said, you know what, let me just win the fight. Make it a boring fight, but just win the fight. Hit and don't get hit. And that's what I've done. Look at his face after the fight, look at my face after the fight. And like <laughs> Who got hit with more shots? He was getting hit with a lot more shots than what I was getting hit with. So how everyone had it a close fight to this day, I don't know because I watched the fight back and I'm still conv- I'm still I'm still a bit confused. No, I actually had um you winning the fight um quite comfortably. I thought you controlled it. Um, it was a low output fight, but um you did pretty much control it with your um with, with your range really. It was quite it was quite comfortable. You didn't really seem to take too many risks against you. And it seems like he was fighting within yourself a bit, but um I thought you had the win quite comfortable. I think it's probably the reputation in it. It's like because of your reputation, when you don't go out there and display somebody or knock somebody out in their heads, in, in somebody's head afterwards, they think, oh, yeah, it's probably a close fight. So I think that's probably why many people think it was a close fight when um, it probably wasn't. Yeah, the fight wasn't Yeah, and the commentary, listen, like, there was bias. You can tell from the first round they wanted him to win. Obviously, the odds were massively in his favor so they probably put put so they probably put down a bit of money and thinking that their commentary is gonna is gonna have an effect and get him to win but <laughs> i want i've got to win is that is that another what wait was the fight on sky was it yeah it was on sky sports yeah 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 okay <laughs> we, we, I, I guess we'll get onto sky and matchroom at some point at the podcast but let, let's talk on to um let's let's continue with the fight so obviously you 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 got the the victory and um what what's next for you actually with this uh the golden contract stuff is because I haven't actually seen any fights announced. I know this corona thing has just completely fucked things up. So like how much yeah. has it actually affected things? Oh, it hasn't affected me at all. It hasn't affected me at all. Like last year was meant to be everyone's worst year in boxing, but it was my best year by far. So COVID nineteen hasn't hasn't affected me and it's not gonna affect me this year or next year. So um you know, I've got the deal. I'm just waiting to speak to MTK and to meet them. But right now, I haven't heard from them, and I'm still enjoying my time off. I'm still enjoying my break. Like, I'm this year. I'll fight once. I can fight once this year, and I'll be happy with that. Mm. If I fight twice, I fight twice. But this year, I fight. Even if I fight only once, I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm good. So I'm just waiting to see what MTK come come back to me with. But I've won. A, I've I, like I've got a big deal now. Yeah, I'm on the contract, so I've got I've, I've got a big deal. Is there, anyone, is there anyone that you're looking at that you'd want to fight? Right now, I'm not looking at anyone. So to be honest, I'm just chasing a check. That's that's what they call it. I'm just only chasing a check. I don't hate any boxer. I never hate anyone. I never dislike anyone. It's just, to me, it's just business. If it makes money, it makes sense. I just want to fight the person that I'll get paid the most to fight, so Where, where's the it. bag at for you? With everyone, I can fight. I can I can fight anyone else because I'm on a I'm on a deal now. So regardless who I fight, whatever, I'm getting a certain amount of money. So you give me a journeyman, I'm easy. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I saw a comment from Anthony Fowler recently. I want to know if you caught onto that. Yeah, he said that he'll snap me in half. But the reality with that year is that. After me and him had our back and forth, Eddie Hearn wanted to make a press conference. So I was like, cool, let's do it. Let's make the fight happen. And then after that conference was done, I haven't heard back from Eddie Hearn or from Andy Fowler to this day. I haven't heard back from any of them. And I'm like, if you want to make this fight happen, don't be online talking shit like, oh, let's make the fight happen. I'll snap him off. Offer me the fight. I told I told him I would go up £10. He comes down £4 because there's a £14 weight gap. Yeah, I'll I wonder by the weight difference. Yeah, I, would, I told him I would go up. Ten pound. If you come down four pound, let's make the fight happen. And I haven't heard back from I haven't heard back from them. So those guys will talk. So those, do, do those they want you to go all the way up then? No, they just don't want the fight. Mm. <laughs> but what do you think? But about- yeah, they want to come online. 
like they want to come online and I like they do want the fight and blah blah blah. Come on, man, these guys don't want to fight. But what do you think about a middleweight calling out someone who's a, 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 a one forty pounder? <laughs> don't know, man. Scott Fitzgerald gave it to him, and so in the next person, don't like the next person that's got any any credibility that he wants to fight would have to be someone free free weight classes below him because that's the only way that he's going to stand a chance because against every other contender that's in, that's in his weight class will get dealt with just like Scott Fisher was done to him so he, he wants to pick on a few little guys That's and that's actually what it is apart from Fitzgerald he ain't fought anyone good he's fought a bunch of journeymen and the first decent person the first decent person he fought he got his ass whooped so you know I know what he's doing he wants to pick on fucking lightweights it's like me trying to call out a fucking paperweight strawweight guy one of those guys. It's trying to be a bully. But it, but it is a fight that you that you would be open to to doing. Like so, you've gone back to them. You said, yeah, fuck it, let's do this fight. Oh, and yeah. in Liverpool, in Liverpool for me, it, yeah, you love you love Liverpool, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, when it's me against them, it's actually three 0 to me. Um, <laughs> was the first one that I fought from Liverpool. Um, I knocked him out. I stopped him. I think it was four rounds, and then. Dave Matthews, he's from Liverpool. Um, I knocked him out in round four. And then Tom Farrell comes. Tom Farrell's like, I'm gonna avenge Liverpool City, I'm gonna avenge him. And it didn't it, it didn't work for him. So, you know, um looking I guess to make I, it four I nil. I, yeah, I guess I can make it I can make it four nil. So if Andy Fowler wants to give it a shot, then I'm then I'm all open. I'm happy I'm ha- I'm, I'm I'm happy to make it four nil. This is why um Belly hates you, yeah. Listen, man. The thing about Tony Bailey, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand it because when I got thrown under the bus, when they, we all know what happened with the Hillsborough situation. I had never heard of Hillsborough in my entire life, but Tony Bailey came online, made it seem as if I'm disrespecting the families of the '96 that died. I'd never heard of Hillsborough, but Tony Bailey, he was the main one coming online, trying to get me thrown under the bus, and I think it was because him and him and that Dave Matthews are like best friends. And when I knocked out Dave Matthews on the show that he headlines, he must have felt some way. So. I I'll, I don't blame him. If I was him, I'd probably be mad too. Was that the main catalyst for what went down with Matram then in the end? No, there was actually more that happened. But so what happened after Eddie threw me under the bus? Yeah, so Eddie took me off. No, what happened? Eddie phoned me. Eddie phoned me. Eddie, my management, my coaches, they phoned me. Like, listen, we we actually believe you. We know that you've never heard of Hillsborough. But I've got so much friends up in Liverpool, so I have to seem, I have to make it seem as if you're being punished. That's the only way that I'm gonna. That's the only way that I'm gonna keep my friends up north because my friends up north they buy tickets to the show, they sell out, and I make so much money because of them. So I have to make it seem as if you're being punished and you're being disciplined. So I'm gonna take you off this show, but you're gonna be on the next show in February. Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. So you, so you actually believe that I'm innocent. Yeah, you're still gonna try to punish me. Eddie was like, "Listen, man, it's business, isn't it? If it makes money, it makes sense." So I was like, "I found that I found that a bit weird." And my management believed me, but yet they made it seem as if I'm banned from the gym. And they was following me like, "Listen, you're not really banned. We believe you." But then they'll come online, "Oh, these banned from the gym." I was like, "No, fuck these motherfuckers. Like, no, fuck these motherfuckers." So obviously, um, I had a meeting with with a few with with a few other with a few other people. Me and Frank Rowan met up. The day Eddie found out that I met up with Frank Warren, Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn sent me a text. Eddie Hearn said to me, oh, how's things? If you're free, come and see me. I'm at, I'm at the matching office. But you know Eddie Hearn's got a way. When he gets you and he, and he sits you down, he's got a way of, like, getting you over. So I was like, nah, nah, I'm actually mad. I'm actually angry. I'm not coming to see you. But I was like, I'm not in time right now. But if you want, you can phone me. So Eddie, so Eddie Hearn phoned me. And he was like, listen, man, I know I've heard you meet up with Frank Warren. And if you want to go to Frank, that's fine. If you want to go to Frank, that's fine. But I just feel like you started off at match room with Sky and blah, blah, blah. And we built you to the person that you are now. And it will be a tragedy to see you go. So I know that Frank's offered you a deal. What I'm offering you is a free fight deal. Your first fight would be on the Hey Bellu 2 card when David Hay fought, when he fought Tony Bellu for the second time. Your second fight would be on a Dillian White when he fights. Joseph Parker and then your third fight will be at the end of the year which we'll figure it out he, and he offered me the fight purses I was like cool let me have a think as soon as that phone call was done Eddie Hearn sent me a text offering me the fight purses in text it was a bit less than what Frank offered but it was basically the same amount of money 
afterwards, I, was, I sat down, spoke to my brother. I was like, nah, Eddie Hearn threw me under the bus, even though he knew I was innocent. Fuck this motherfucker. I'm going to, I'm, 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 I'm going to Frank Warren. So I decided, to, I, I decided to join Frank, and then we, and then we announced it. When it got announced, the next day, Eddie Hearn came on Fight Hype, and he was like, you know what, you know what, we have to let Ahara go because his personality wasn't fitting the image. I felt like we, felt like we had to drop him. We had to let him go. And I was, and I, I was just sat there, and I was thinking, mate, I've got texts on my phone of the fight deal that you offered me only yesterday. I was gonna come online and expose him. I was I was that close to I like I like to go online and exposing him, but I don't like to expose texts and stuff. I feel like it's a bit too personal. Mm. So I just thought, you know what, let me just leave him. Damn. Yeah, that's what happened. Promoter, like what promoter's gonna drop me? Like promoters don't drop me, promoters don't drop me. I drop I dropped them. I dropped Eddie Hearn and Eddie Hearn made it seem as if he dropped me. Come on, man. Eddie, Eddie Hearn ain't Eddie Hearn ain't gonna drop me. Eddie Hearn's a Eddie, professional Eddie, spin doctor, man. Yeah, that's it. I've, I've been saying Eddie that for Hearn. years. Sounds like none of it from you, mate. Yeah, none of it from you. I, I'm overdosing <laughs> right now. <laughs> Samson's not a big fan of Eddie Hearn either, Ahara. The thing about Eddie, Eddie Hearn's all, all about the check. If it makes money, it makes sense. And the thing about me, I put bums on seats. Even after I fought Taylor, Eddie Hearn still knew this guy puts bums on seats, even though he lost. What did he do? As soon as I fought, I fought Taylor, I got beat. Everyone thought I was done. Eddie Hearn got me in the show straight away. Chief support against um, Tom Farrell up in Liverpool. So I still sold and I would always sell. And I would always sell. So boxing promoters, they will always want me. Always want me. How did you, how did you find, so pre-throwing under you, under uh, pre-throwing you under the bus, sorry, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, yeah. How did you find that Matchroom actually managed your career, like compared to how you like being managed at MTK and stuff? <sighs> well, MTK, their managers, Matchroom, they're like promoters, so they've got different roles. Mm-hmm. But I was managed by Charlie Sims, who's a good friend of Eddie Hearn, so it's basically, it's Eddie Hearn. So, um, but they managed me quite good. They got me the right fights at the right time. They got me the right fights at the yeah. They got me the right fights at the right time. I got paid, so I can't complain with how I got treated. The only issue I have I had with them was when I got thrown under the bus with MTK. MTK care about me. They do the best for me. The same as what Matchroom did until they threw me until they threw me under the bus. So, but with MTK things were things are all good. Sometimes when I say things, that's a bit out, that's a bit out of line. MTK they might like listen, man, calm down, calm down, chill, relax, just you don't say anything too over the edge and i'm like okay cool i calm down a bit i've got a question actually i heard rumors that um apparently matthew kind of had you going out there being a bit brash or being a bit loud just to kind of build your profile up so it wasn't necessarily you is that true when i had certain conferences they would say to me ah, you know what just you know what we've got to sell this fight so be entertaining they won't tell me what to say but they'll be like yeah be entertaining kind of thing like talk some shit Shout, make some noise, make the crowd rumble a bit. So what the way I acted in the conference, it wasn't really me. It was what it was how I got told to be. And I thought, you know what, let me let me just impress these guys because you know, you know, that's how that's how they that's how they want me to be. So a lot of how I acted in the conferences wasn't really me. Which is why since I've left Matchroom, you haven't seen me do that shit in a conference since. Because yes. Frank Warren told me just be you, MTK told me just be you. And I perform better when I just be me. Yeah, it's noticeable. I can see like yeah. um, you've got a bit more of a public um, like perception where it's a bit more positive, where people seem to side with you a bit a lot more now as well. Yeah, exactly. Did you feel that at the time that like did you feel like a bit like a, a villain at the time? And and because obviously, I, knowing you, you're obviously a, a nice guy. You you're like solid as gold. Do you know what I mean? So to see you depicted as a villain, kind of you know, uh, on a personal level, it didn't it didn't feel right. Um, so how did that like affect you going into fights where you know uh, did you did you enjoy being the villain? I uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I won't lie, I loved it. I loved getting booed. I I, I absolutely love getting booed into every fight. I love getting, getting booed at the at the at the conferences, getting shit thrown at me, getting called a cunt over Instagram, getting a thousand DMs with a fucking arsehole. I loved every second of it, even though it was I loved it. I won't I won't lie. Some mm. people can't handle the backlash, but mate, <laughs> it's the best thing for me. Yeah, and obviously you got the victories in those fights as well, so <laughs> an extra win to go on top. Yeah. Uh, do, do any of you guys have any more questions on on MTK or Matchroom or anything like that before we move on to the next? Nah, go on. 
No. So um, just a couple questions on like Angel Angel Fernandez. Um, mm-hmm. What what's what's exactly has gone on on there, and um, what's the, what's the latest in that regard? No, me and Angel, we just had one fight. I had a, we were, I, he was my coach when I fought Jeffrey Ofori, which mm-hmm. was my second fight in a golden contract, and then after that, um, we both decided that you know he's going to stay up in Loughborough and train the other guys, and I'm going to go to and I'm going to stay at Will Jones's gym because that's where we because that's where we was at anyway. We was at the edge of training with Will Jones, so when he started, when he got the deal with Loughborough, it was like okay, cool. Feel like we both feel like we both knew it was the best thing. Like we both knew. It was the best thing he's going to go to Loughborough. I felt comfortable staying at Will's gym. So then we got Kevin Mitchell on board. But me and Angel, we've always been like we've always been friends. Like we'll still talk. If I see him, it's like cool. There's no awkwardness between us. Or um, I feel like we both knew that you know what, this is the best move for us both. So um, yeah, that's what it, that's what it was really. I was just with him for that one fight. Oh um, well, two questions on that one. Um, Will Jones, how do you find him? Because I've, I've I've been watching him. Um, you know, I've, I've seen him train uh, from you know probably a few years now. So how do you kind of find that? And what do you think he's adding to your game currently? It's I've got, it's not only Will Jones. He's got Kevin Mitchell on board too. So it's oh, okay. Kevin and it's Will Jones. Will Jones hasn't got the experience that Kevin Mitchell's got. That's why it's good that we've got Kevin also on board because he's got all of the experience and he's been there, done it. He's fought. So he's got more experience than what Will Jones has got. But I train with them both because Will Jones is he's, like he's also got his good points. Mm. He's a bit inexperienced, but he's also great um, at analyzing opponents. Um, like he brings like the best out of me because he knows what shots I throw best, and then he makes me throw that shot again and again and again and again. And then when I throw it in the bar, it's like wow, I've been so good at, at that shot, but now I can throw it ten. I can throw it ten times better than I did in the past. Mm. And, Kevin, and Kevin Mitchell's more about head, about your head movement, um, how to preserve your energy, uh, being smart in the ring, being sharp in the ring. So they've all got their yes. Yeah, so they both got their good points. That's why having them both as one on a, on a team, it just brings the best out of me. They complement each other. Yeah. Interesting, cool. And then, sorry, the second part on that is Angel Fernandez. Um, what do you think he kind of adds to? Because I know he's he's working with Joshua. What do you think he adds to that camp? Um, and did you see that in Joshua's last fight? Did you see? Okay, this is probably what Angel worked on or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, I don't analyze what exactly AJ done. He's been doing with Angel, but what, all I've known is that from the loss AJ took, he is improved massively since he's brought Angel on board. Since he's been brought on board, I'm not sure what he's added or what's changed, but I know... What happened there? Yeah, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, so I'm not sure... Yeah, I was just saying that um, I'm not sure what Angel bring on board, but whatever he has brought on board, AJ's improved massively as a, um, um, as a fighter, so him bringing Angel on board is saying something. What... Just, just sorry. Just going back to Seb's first question. What was the idea about bringing in, bringing him in for for one fight? What, would you have preferred to keep him on for longer, or was that just like we need we need him for that specific fight? Or how, how does it actually work with those kind of things? Me and my coach before Angel Tony Cesar, he was my coach before Angel. We had a few disagreements in the gym, so me and Tony parted ways. And I was fighting in about six weeks, so and I didn't have a coach. Before me and Tony wasn't getting along so it was like I spoke to MTK and it was like okay cool who can you get me they gave me a list um, they asked a few coaches and then me and Angel um, agreed and then um, so when Angel got on board I had, I had like I had like six weeks left for the fight um, but then I think after the fight was done honestly I feel like the way the way I feel like Angel's a great coach he's got amazing skill but the kind of coaching style I found it I found it hard to adapt to I found it hard to adapt to, but then when I got in the fight, I had I wasn't doing what Angel taught me in the gym, and I wasn't. I've watched the fight back, being in there, I'm like Angel taught me this, this, that, but I naturally go back to what I've learned all the years before Angel. Um, I don't think that kind of style was really for me. I wish I could fight that way, but me being in boxing all these years, I just I, I couldn't do it, and I feel like Angel also knew that 
I wasn't fighting the way that I fight in the gym or I wasn't doing what I got told to or what I've been doing in the gym. Um, so I feel like we just both knew that that kind of style that Angels has isn't me. And I would I would probably be a, a lot better as a fighter if it was me and if I had it in me, but I think it just it wasn't in me. But Angels is a great coach. You look at fighters that he's got, you look at Sultan Zorbeck, amazing fighter that's been with Angel from a kid. And you can see you can see what Angel can do to someone. What angel can make you, but I feel like with me, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't have it. I couldn't do it. Um, you mentioned Tony Cisse there, and you said you had a few disagreements in the gym. I think that's kind of putting it nicely. Um, I, I did hear an interview uh, with you guys. How are you guys now? How's the relationship? Have you, like, is that? Yeah, cool? I think, like, I've seen him once instead. I've seen, I've seen him once after, after I won the golden contract. Um, I went to go watch Andy Yard train, and then Tony was there, so. When I saw him, it was awkward. I was thinking, shit, I ain't talked to this guy. <laughs> but then after, after, after Andy Spar, Tony came up to me, he was like, you know what? It was a great last fight you had. Congratulations on your win on the golden contract. It was a good fight. And I was like, thank you. And then since then, even though I've, even though that was it, it's now, like now it's a positive vibe now. With us, if I see him, like we'll say, cool. Like if I still speak to him through my other friends that see him, I'm, I'm like, cool. Tell him that I said hi when you see him and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, that's all that's how it is right now. Samson, did you did you have a question? Uh, no, I was gonna kind of branch off. So okay. I'll let you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, if if has anyone else got any other questions before we move on to the Campbell Garcia uh, segment? Then. Uh, yeah, actually, let me touch on um. Since we spoke on Yard just briefly, what do you think about the situation with his old trainer? I know. Um, Tunde was your trainer at one point as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Yep. So I was just saying, um, do you think in terms of him um, with Yard staying with Tunde, do you reckon that's a good move or do you think he needs to move on? I think staying with Tunde would be a good move for him. Like, me and Anthony speak often and since Anthony fought, like, we spoke once about the fight briefly for like a minute, I just wrote one thing and then that's it. He asked me one thing, I answered it. That's it. I haven't spoken to him about what he's going to do next, about boxing. Like when I see him, it's just, we don't talk about boxing that much. But I heard the interview that he'd done the other day and I'm I have I'm not going to advise him on what to do. Yeah. But I feel like getting rid of Tunde would be a mistake. Okay. I feel like he doesn't need to get rid of him. He probably needs to bring someone else on board to add extra input. Mm. What, why, why do you think it would be a mistake to get rid of Tunde? The pads, not only the pads, the way that Tunde trains him is what makes him so sharp. If you, as you've seen him, and he's sharp and the kind of style he's got, he hits and he doesn't get hit. He hits and he doesn't get hit. And he's got amazing talent, even before Tunde. And he could always box. But when, he, but when him and Tunde started to work together, he could box, but he also had a sharpness and a slickness about him where he hits and he doesn't get hit. And that's what Tunde does and that's what Tony put in him and I thought if he leaves him he could possibly lose that so keeping Tony on board will be a great move but maybe bringing another 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 guy or another coach on board that can give extra input um will be the best move would you um would you have any recommendations if you know if Anthony you know if Anthony came up to you and said like okay. who, who do you think 100%. would be a key addition 100%. 100% Tony Cisse Tony Cisse will be the great guy he'll be the perfect guy for any yard to bring on board like mm-hmm. Tony Cisse had us from when he was amateurs before mm-hmm. before 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 Tunde was my coach or or right or or Anthony's coach Tony Cisse was my coach and he was Anthony Yard's coach as an amateur and he made Anthony and me beasts in the amateurs I was I was knocking at everyone back in the amateurs Anthony Yard was knocking on everyone Looking at everyone like Tony, like now, Anthony's more smart, sharp, a thinker, hit and don't be hit. But back then, he was a fucking beast, mate. He will kill, he will fucking kill you and eat you for lunch. I remember when he, he fought this guy, like he was, he he had about six fights as an amateur. He was, he had under ten fights. So you fight in the under ten category, and they made him fight in the over twenty category. And he was fighting this guy from Islet, and his name was Jermaine something. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember I was like, you've had less than. T- Ten fights. Why are you fighting a guy that's had over, over, over twenty? To... Was that in the box cup? At, um... No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't in the box cup. It was some. It was somewhere else. And I remember thinking, like, shit. This like, and he could lose. Listen, the way Anthony destroyed this guy, like he 
finished him. He, he didn't win. He finished him. Like, fatality kind of shit. Like, he, he finished the guy, like, blood everywhere. And he, he weren't stopping. He weren't stopping. He was going for him, throwing shot, shot, shot. I was thinking, shit. Like, this guy's, this guy's a fucking beast, man. So you, um, like now, now when you look at now, now when you look at Andy Yard now, you don't see that killer. You don't see that killer. Now what you see, you see a tactical technician. He's gone from a killer to a tactical technician. And I feel like at times it's about being able to switch between the killer and the technician, the killer and the technician. And Tony Cissé will bring that side back out of him. But Tunde brings that technician side out of him. But mm. he needs that killer like he was in the amateurs. And I feel like Tony Cissé is the right guy to bring that on board. Everyone's been saying Adam Booth, David fucking Coldwell, um, Ben Davidson. Nah, Tony Cissé is a man for it. What, how do you so have you have you got any experience of like working alongside two trainers and how how do you think that works out um having maybe two big personalities because Tunde is a big personality and Tony is a, a big personality as well how do you think that works out like it, you know it, it, in practicality I don't think they'll get along mm. <laughs> do they need to though but this is the thing do they need to get along it do because I'll, I'll be honest on this podcast. I'm friends with them both. I know them both as they're both in the same gym together. But, mate, having them both train out of the yard is going to be hard to work because Tunde is hard-headed. Tunde knows what his way is and his way is. Also, Tony's even more hard-headed than what Tunde is. Tunde's hard, he's a bit hard-headed, but Tony's worse. Tony's like, nah, this this is how it is. And the thing about, the thing about, about, thing about Tunde, Tunde would think, he would just, you know, sometimes he would think this is wrong, but he won't say it. But the thing about Tony, Tony will say it, mm-hmm. and he was listen. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Like this is this way, and Tony's way and Tony's way are like different. So they oh, can't goodness. be in the gym at the same time. You need to have one day under Tunde, the other day Tony. One day Tunde, the other day Tony. Don't let them hear what each other is saying. How does that work out then? Um, for like yard. How does he get the best out of both worlds and, you know, merge them into a fight and stuff that helps him be productive from winning his fights? Because you listen to both. One round or for a few minutes in a round, you do what Sunday style And when you need to switch up, then you've got Tony style. Because both of their styles are both right. Both of their styles are both right, but they can be switched between. You'd be First, you're a beast and then you're a technician, then a beast and then a technician. You can switch in the ring mm-hmm. while you're fighting. So do you think that, so the fight against Lyndon Arthur that Ansi had, do you think he would have benefited more from having Tony's... Uh, 100%. Mm. 100%. Like, that fight could have gone either way. I watched the fight, the fight could have gone either way. I feel like Anthony should have got, he should have got that win as the A-side fighter anyway. As the as the A-side fighter, in a close fight, the A-side fighter should get the win. Anthony should have got the win as the A-side fighter, even though it was a close fight. It could have gone either way. Anthony should have got the win. But having Tony there, Tony would have... I feel like Tunde's, Tunde's content with win the fight. Be smart, hit and don't be hit. Tunde's content with that. But the thing about Tony, Tony's not content with that shit. Tony's like, listen, it don't matter if you've won every round and you've won the round and, you've won the, and you're winning the fight convincingly. In the last round, get him the fuck out of here. That's what Tony's mindset is. And if, and if Tony was there... Tony would have said from round nine, yes, even though you think you've won every round and you probably have won every round, get the guy the fuck out of here. The guy's weak. He, The guy can't hurt you. He can't trouble you. Get him the fuck out of here. Well, like that's what, um, that's what Yard needed. Yeah, 100%. On this shit, man. I respect that. Um, <clears throat> just moving on to, uh, did you catch the Campbell uh, Garcia fight? Yeah, what was your thoughts on on um? What well, actually? I wanna I wanna ask you beforehand because um about this topic because we did a our first episode we actually previewed the fight and you know a lot of us weren't really rating Garcia like you know so, certain man on this call were calling him an Instagram uh, boxer like a bit of a YouTube yeah. boxer but yeah. um what was your thoughts on Garcia heading into the fight like had you seen much of him and 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 how did you rate him? To be honest, before the fight, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know much about Garcia. Garcia, I, I never think, I didn't think he's an Instagram boxer. But I'm like, mate, this guy's weird experience for, for like for Luke Campbell. Like Garcia's physically not a big guy. He physically doesn't look strong, 
I have um I've seen a few I've seen a few of his fights, but he hasn't fought anyone on like on Campbell's level. He hasn't. And I was like Campbell's fought at at an even higher level. He's fought at world level. He's fought amazing fighters. Lomachenko, all these other big names. And I was like, Campbell could win the fight. He could win the fight. The only way Garcia's gonna win this fight is if he's something special. Because he's not meant to win this fight. Instagram followers don't win you fights. Hype around your name, don't win you fights. And you talking, don't win you fights. The only way Garcia's going to win this fight is if he's a fucking special fighter. And, mate, he proves himself to be special indeed. So, you see, he, he proved to be special on the night. Was it something that you... Um, that was a surprise to you, though? Like, did you... The way he fought, like, the power that he possesses, the, his speed, like, was that surprising to you? 100%. I didn't think he had any of that shit in him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think any of us did as well. Like, it's, it, but when, when um, let, let's talk a little bit about the fight, then, guys. I'll bring you. I'll bring everyone else in as well. Um, <laughs> obviously, not, I think I'm the only one who got the prediction right out of all of us that I said Garcia might. I, I had a feeling Garcia might um, stop him simply because mm-hmm. I didn't really understand why the bookie odds were so in favor of Garcia, and I just felt like. There's something not quite. I think there was something we were missing in our, in our analysis. Maybe sometimes we overrate British um, talent yeah. going over to America and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I I kind of felt like Garcia probably would stop him. But um, some of his biggest detractors here: um, Samson, today, uh, <laughs> Leroy, Seb. I said I said it was gonna win by UD. I did you, right? I won't include you then. I ain't lying, man. You said he was going to win by a robbery, bro. Don't try and... You said it was a golden boy, can't big man. You did put a little caveat in there, so he kind of got himself a get out of course. Hey, was it that lie, though? I did say you... Listen, my bet, I put... um. Garcia by UD, then I tried to... You didn't think it was really going to happen. You were just covering your ass. Yeah. think it was a safe one. I'm going to put my hands up now and say... I was wrong. Um, I completely got it wrong. I, I underrated Garcia. Garcia clearly has a bit more to his um, Arsenal than I gave him credit for. But in the same breath, I still don't believe he's going to rise to the top of the you know of the, of the of the table against the other names that he that he's um, affiliated with. I, I think he falls behind them. Um, but in saying that, Campbell was a a really good win, and especially about the way he went about it, especially with overcoming the adversity faced in round in the second round. I, I, I was really shocked that he came back after that heavy knockdown and came back and got victory in the manner he did. And seriously, that 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 left of the body that he threw was straight out of Canelo's book. It was literally textbook Canelo move. So well done to um, the trainers on that. The as well. thing is, um, with Garcia, like while. He might not, he might not, he might, we might not rate him technically as, as high as the rest of the other guys, as a Teofimo, as a Haney or whatever. He's got ridiculous power and speed. Like you have to acknowledge the guy can punch and the guy can, mm. he can, he can time his punches and he's quick. So while he might, that will always be an equalizer, especially in a weight class. If he's fighting someone like Tank, for example, Tank is a small guy. You don't realize this guy's like five foot four. I got was that cooler than that man? Come on, mate. He's that five foot. Yeah, he, he, he actually might be five foot five. I'm not gonna lie. Is that five foot four, five foot five? And Google, got... Google won't lie to us. So I'll, I'll check. <laughs> and he's got really small arms. Like if he's fighting against a guy like Garcia, while he might be technically better than him, he's Garcia, five five and a half. Sorry, Garcia can time his punches. He throws his quick and he hits hard. He hits, in my opinion, just as hard as Tank. We have not seen. I have not seen Tank hurt anyone at 135. He fought, he fought um, Gamboa at 135 with one leg and couldn't hurt him. He had to stop him on his feet in the 12th round. Like, come on, let's let's be serious. Let's, you go watch just, that fight again, please. That's just facts. Yeah. That's just facts. He should have the 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 tank that stops people. Is a one twenty six and one thirty. That's these are just facts. I'm not even lying. I, I feel like we should make Ahara a mediator in this debate. Ahara, who who possesses the most power out of Garcia and Tank? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that 
don't know. Garcia's more skillful than Tank. 100% he's more skillful than Tank. He's more slick than Tank. But, I don't know. Tank can hit. Tank can, I think Tank, Tank can probably hit a bit harder, but Garcia, he can still hit. Garcia's got that one punch that dazed you, and then the second punch is going to come that's going to knock you out. But Tank's got the one punch knockout. But they both hit hard. Yeah, who, who who would you see like w- coming up on top in that in in that matchup? Is it that's is that is that like a fifty fifty fight? Do you think that's a total fifty fifty fight? Total really? fifty fifty fight. Mm. I, I, Nero, you disagree? I, I was I was I got to hold my hands up. I underrated Garcia as well, um, and he's definitely showed a lot more to him. And I'm actually thinking now because he's so young, he's been a good trainer, and that he he's got a lot of raw attributes which you can improve on. So I think he's going to get better and better as he gets older. But I, I, maybe it's me and being biased. I think Javon is amazing. I think he's, I, I think he's a superb fighter, and I still don't see him. I still don't see Garcia on that level, and I still think it's um, heavily weighted in Tank's favor, even if he's moving up in weight. Mm. What? How about everyone else? How does everyone else see that fight going? I think it's a close fight. I I, I was with um, Leroy and Samson, and I thought. There's nothing like Tank's going to take his head off. But the more I'm thinking about it and, the, and the, when the, the fight was most probably going to happen, and as you said, like with his trainer, and if he just, he has the raw attributes. And we we underrate size a lot as well. And because again, he's young, he's quick. Like he can, he, if he, I don't, I don't know if he can do it again, because I don't really, I, at this point, I don't rate his boxing ability that highly. But, I still feel like he's got the the physical attributes to be able to execute a game plan where he can keep Tank at range. Like we saw Leo Santa Cruz box Tank. He he was outboxing him and until Tank landed the, the dynamite. These are facts. He was outboxing him. If you watch the fight. I saw was... I saw Tank disrespect. No, nah, he wasn't. He was and have zero care for his ability. He didn't, yeah. he didn't respect his power, but he was out getting out boxed. That's just what it is. Like if the, that was a boxing, and you get him scored by how much punches you're landing versus how much you're throwing and what's landing against you, he was out boxing. He, he, he was out boxing. He was landing the more yeah, punches, he but he wasn't landing the, the telling shots. The telling shots. Yeah, was he wasn't hurting him. Was and was getting was getting walked down. He's a, he's, a, he's a little guy. He's not gonna hurt him. That's what it is, but he was out boxing him. And like, if Leo Santa Cruz is not known for that at all, can do that to Tank, I'm sorry. I, I believe someone like Garcia can do that. And he's got power and he's got speed. So that's why I've changed. It's, it's a closer fight than I thought before, personally. Um, Ahara, what did you uh, think of Campbell's performance um, going into the fight? Um, did, did, did Do you think he was a little bit surprised by, by Garcia? 100%. Everyone was. Everyone was like, when I saw Garcia's punch power, I was like, yeah, like, your punch power can, and that can work against bums. Anyone can go in there and beat up a, and then beat up a bunch of bums. And, but you beat up an Olympic gold, a guy that's won Olympic gold, like Campbell, it showed something quite special. And I feel like Campbell wasn't shocked until after he knocked him down, because after he knocked him down, that's when Garcia really put his foot on the gas, and then he was like, shit. Do you think he could have done more in that situation? Like, do you think, because obviously I don't think Campbell's really renowned as like a finisher, is he? But do you think um, once he, I don't even know if he had Garcia hurt, because Garcia seemed to get up and he seemed to be okay. So maybe he felt like, no, it's not the right time. Let me, let me relax a bit. But do you think he maybe could have gone for the kill? No, he couldn't have. Because he wasn't hurt. That wasn't a knock, a knockdown like his days kind of knockdown. It was kind of like a flash. It was kind of like a flash knockdown. Yeah. Like Garcia, Garcia wasn't hurt, so Campbell couldn't have. Campbell couldn't have done anything. Campbell, was, he, he, there was no way of him getting the win in that fight with the condition that Garcia was in and the strength and the speed he had. There was nothing that Campbell could have done that was going to get him that win. I felt a bit sorry for Campbell to be honest with you. Um, because I've watched the interview recently and. It was a bit lose lose for him because even after that knockdown, you're right in the sense that he def- he definitely got up and he wasn't dazed and um, but they scored that round ten nine, which is which pretty much tells you the fix was in as far as I'm concerned. He was it's never winning on points. He was never winning on points, and if he did, he did get the knockout, it would have been he knocked out an Instagram fighter. So really and truly, it was lose lose regardless. Made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the good win, I guess, isn't it? Hmm. Um. <clears throat> 
where does Lomachenko go next from here? Do you think? Because um, it's it's unfortunate for him because he's in such a stacked weight class, right? So what what does Campbell do from here, Ahar? Do you think um, he? What can he do? You know, he's in such a the, the division is insane, insane. You know, go up in weight probably. Mm. <laughs> I that weight class. Would you take that? Oh, 100%. Someone asked me that a few hours ago. 100%. Well, you know, 100%. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take any fight. I think that'd be a good fight. Yeah, 100%. But I think that'd be a good fight. Class, okay. what, Garcia, what, what Ryan Garcia done to him, David Haney would do the same thing to him. Tank would do the same thing to him. Lopez would do the same thing to him. All of those four good guys would do the same thing to him. So... He didn't want that to happen to him again, so he'll probably go up in weight class. How do you win the fight? You've got the power to hurt him as well, though, so... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you say, Samson, you asked a question? Yeah, how do you win that fight? How do you see yourself winning that fight? What, me? Yeah. Oh, I've got the punch power. I've got the strength. You know. <laughs> all, it takes is that, all it takes is that one hit. Um, before we let Ahara get back to his holiday, does anyone have any like random questions and uh, we can we can wrap things up? Um, I think Seb, you had one, right? Like a like a bit of a freestyle question. I can't remember what it was. I've got one, I've got one quick one. Yeah, well, go then. Would you work with Eddie Hearn again? Hell fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone? Obviously, I don't want you. I don't. I don't, I don't want you to say anything out of like out of turn or anything like that. But is there any anyone in boxing, not just like promoter wise? Is there anyone in boxing that you oh, would you would love to work with in the future? Nah, I just want. I just want. I just want, I just, I just, I just want money. <laughs> whoever, whoever put the bread on the table, yeah. Cool. I had a question. Um, if tomorrow, you know, I don't know somebody or MTK. Offered you a headliner tomorrow, O2 Arena sold out. Who would be the person that you picked to fight? And it don't, it's not a bomb. It's like, all right, this would be a really good Taylor. fight. Taylor. Awesome. Taylor. Yes. Right. I thought okay. about that, you know. I would love that. I would love that rematch, man. I'd love to see it. Would you would you take that rematch if that was on the on the table? Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I know that I'm not. Not that I'm early for it. That fight's not going to be offered to me now. So I need to prove myself before I put my name and his name in the same sentence. It'd be wrong for me to put our name in the same sentence right now because I'm not there yet. So I need to get. I need. I need, I need to get there before I start putting my name and his name in the, in the same sentence. He's a unified world champion, and he's and he's going on to onto he's going on to bigger things. I'm just getting back into world level now. So you know, but my time will come. Yeah, that that would be good. Um, and just like. Just like on a personal note, I hated when he screamed in your face, you know. I hated that. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. hated that, man. I, 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 need I still to haven't watched home, but... that fight back, you know. I, start, I can't bring yeah. myself to watch it back. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I was on the, day, on, on, on the day of my last fight. Say that again, sorry? Oh, you watched it on the day of your last watch... fight? Oh, did yeah, you? I watched it back. Oh, yeah, I saw your interview about that, actually, yeah. What what, yeah. what do you think that did for you? Like, do, do you think that gave you like a was it a motivational thing or was it just uh, like a clear the air kind of thing? Both, both, both. Mm. Yeah. When everyone said to me that I quit, and I was like, Nah, my nose thing, my nose thing. When I watched it back, that's when I said to myself, Mate, you quit, man. Mm. You fucking quit. You quit, and I have to admit. So you see, um, so just about that, so. Obviously, I'd, I, I've had the stance that I'm not a fighter. I don't get in the ring. So I don't, I can't have opinions on these things because I've never been in the ring in my life. I just like boxing and I like watching boxing. But obviously, we had yeah. the Daniel Dubois, um, Joe Joyce incident that happened a few weeks ago now. What's your stance on, on like what happened that day? And, and do, you, do you consider that to be a quit? Like, what do you consider to be a quit? Because obviously, you just said you, yourself that, um, yeah. that you quit. So, where, where is the line for you? Daniel Lebois did quit because he didn't have any answers. He didn't have any answers, Joe Joyce. He couldn't stop Joe Joyce. And when he realised he can't stop Joe Joyce and his eye just keeps on getting hit and he's going to be fucked, he was like, listen, man, I've got no choice. Like, I've got no choice. I've got no answers. Joe Joyce, I can't even hit the guy now. 
am I am 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 I as fuck if I continue this fight, am I gonna come out this fucking socket? So he quit as well. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, any other any other questions, lads? Yeah, I have one. I'm on a personal um like, you know, Christmas has just gone bad. New Year's is like um everyone's overeating. So how do you keep the weight down? Like, what do you like? What's like your go-to tip to keeping in shape? Um, do your runs. Do your runs. Uh, I've, I'm always running. I'm always in the gym, keeping fit all year round. I'm just always doing the runs. I'm addicted to the gym. Gym's like my home. I feel I feel at peace when I'm in the gym. So I'm always, I'm always in there. All that Christmas shit ain't really me eating fucking burgers every day and McDonald's and Five Guys. That's not that's not me. I don't. Really I knew I was gonna mention Five Guys. I knew I was you waiting. I was like, we should have an account. We should have an account. How many times we can get to say Five Guys? Five Guys, bro. He loves Five Guys. Definitely should try and get a sponsorship or something. <laughs> yeah, so I have like, what I do after my fights, I go mad for about a week and then I just get straight back in the gym. So I'm always doing running, training. So yeah, keep the weight down. You just gotta keep training, really. That's all you can do. Do you enjoy the training? Because I feel like that's the hardest part of boxing. I love it. That's the, that's the only time I really. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm saying that. I'm saying that really, like at training, that's the only time that I really feel at peace. Really, 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 really feel at peace. I don't feel at peace like when I'm around clubs and people. I don't like people. I don't like hanging around many people. I'm quite an awkward person. I feel, and but when I'm in the gym, I feel like I'm at home. I hear so that. I'm always, I'm, so I love it. I love it. Then it's like being at home. I hear that, man. Hey, Hara, man. I just want to say, like, thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure having you on. Like, I ho- I've hoped, I hope you've enjoyed the experience that we certainly have, man. And uh, I just want to say thanks for for coming on on your holidays. Like, I did ask, like, do you want to do it when you come back to London? But you know, you 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 were happy to help me out and and come on. So, man, I just want to say big up you for for that. Well, thank you, man. Anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here as well. But yeah, Hara, thanks for coming on. Uh, Sebi, Samson, Jide, Leroy, thanks for coming on. Also, make sure you follow us on Ringside Frackers on on Twitter, on Instagram. We've got a YouTube as well, so the videos will be available on there. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another with another episode. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have this in seven or eight seconds? I only trained probably. Two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one could stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat your children. Praise be to Allah. Saying now, Mike, Mike. Sports Social Podcast Network.